0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning, Thrive family. It is such an awesome day to worship with you here online. We're so, so thrilled that you've joined us not only for today's service, but these last 21 days in prayer. It's been a powerful time of corporate prayer that we've just attacked the gates of hell together. And so today, this morning, we're going to close out our time of prayer, um, just praying over five key emphases that we chose from that list to just join in together this morning and... um, and just close this time out. We love you and we thank you. And it's an honor to to soldier alongside you. We are in this battle and we are going to win. And so join with us this morning as we close out this time in prayer.
1: Amen. So we're gonna spend the next few minutes in prayer. Um, So right there where you are, if you're driving, keep your eyes open, but you can pray. If you're on your couch, close your eyes and let's intercede together. Um, We're gonna pray for our nation to begin with. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the United States of America. And although it is flawed, um, although it is imperfect, Lord, it is a gift and it is a gift to the world. And so we pray for our nation, Lord, that right now is fractured along social lines, political lines, even racial lines, God. We pray that you would move in our country, that you would heal our nation, that, Lord, you would cover it and protect it. Lord, from the inside out, we pray for revival and renewal and spiritual restoration. We pray, Father God, for peace, Lord. And and above all, we pray for repentance, God. We pray that our nation would return back to you. uh, The principles upon which this nation was founded and envisioned comes from your word. Holy Spirit, hearken us back. Hearken our nation back to the altar, back to the cross, God, and redeem our country. We love it. We speak blessing over it. We rebuke the enemy that wants to hurt it, Lord. And we pray that you would restore our nation and use us, Lord, to bring healing to the land. We trust you and we love you and we give you our nation. Yes.
0: Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. And at this time, we also uplift this um, pandemic that our world is suffering from. Our God, we need your intervention. We have the greatest minds of the world working at this problem, God. But we know that you are above all, you see all, you are in all. So, Lord, we pray for an eradication of this virus by the mighty hand of god that you will come and sweep over not only our nation and our continent but the entire globe lord as as many have faced severe illness and death and the loss of loved ones god i just pray that it will be that it will be gone in the name of jesus there will be a, just a healing and there can be no explanation other than the almighty god our creator and our healer has intervened on the beha- on behalf of humanity so God we beseech you for your healing power your sovereign your sovereign mighty hand to move in this in this virus in the name of Jesus I pray for the scientists God who are are trying to come up with um with with a vaccine that you will just um, expedite that, Lord, and give them just wisdom and grace as they go through this process, Lord. Give us wisdom, the leaders' wisdom, as they approach this from the the, the heads of state to the heads of school districts, God, to the heads of churches. We just pray for your wisdom as we, as we face this together in Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, God. And Father, because of the pandemic— Lord, there's been a tremendous wear and a tremendous erosion of the mental and emotional health, Father, of of all of us, Lord, bearing the burden of isolation and being withdrawn, Lord, the pressures economically, the fears of physical illness, Lord God, and so today we pray, as we have prayed for you to move in our nation and to bring about an end to the physical threat of this virus, we pray, Father, for the mental and emotional well-being. Holy Spirit, touch your children. We rebuke depression. We rebuke anxiety. Father, we rebuke the spirit of isolation. Father God, of anger, Lord God, and bitterness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we tear down every stronghold Lord God, they would want to make us doubtful. Lord, cynical, sarcastic, angry. Father God, we pray especially for children, Lord, who have not been with their peers, who have been home, now learning online. Lord, and how they long for fellowship and friendship. God, Protect them. And I pray for parents, people in authority that we would be well so that we can protect our children so that we can encourage them and lead them and bring life, Father God. So we pray for every heart, every soul and every mind, that you would bring order, that you would bring joy where there has been bitterness, where you would bring peace, where there's been anxiety. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we lean on no one and nothing else but you. Come through, Father God, and make us well in every way. Jesus name. Yes,
0: yes. Father, and we know the the significance of the physical and the mental and emotional battle that we are facing in this world, God. But we would be remiss if we didn't see this spiritual battle going on as well. Because in the family, God, the enemy is trying to to tear us apart at this time. During the time when we're sheltering in and that we may be having too much of each other and, and heightened stress from work and school and all of that, God, that the discord is coming and maybe issues that people have just covered the surface with busyness and things going on are now coming to the surface in marriages and in relationships within the family, God, and it's rearing its ugly head. We are going to call it for what it is and it's an attack of the enemy and Satan. We bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in these families, God. This is this is the institution that you put together. This is what you've called us to be. is a family united Facing life together with you in the center, God. So I pray that the family will come back, the heart of the family will come back to you, God, and know that they are not fighting each other or their circumstances, God, but they have a common enemy and they can fight him together. And as they fight together, I pray you'll draw them closer and that um, you will just bring healing, that you will give wisdom, that you will give grace, that you will give forgiveness, God, and just wash over these families with your power, with your love, with your grace, and with your peace. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray.
1: Jesus, thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And Lord, finally, I pray, Lord, we pray together for the church, Lord, the local church, Lord, each and every body of believers that believes that you are the Son of God, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the hope of redemption for mankind, mm-hmm. Lord, every Bible-preaching church, we pray yes. that you would lift them up, that you would provide, Father God, for all of their needs, Lord, financial needs, um, resources with talent and ideas and creativity, and how to minister, Lord, to their, their, their own congregation, but also how to to continue to reach their neighborhoods and their communities. Anoint your bride. You the church was your idea, Father God. It is not man-made. It was God ordained. And so we pray an anointing on your bride. Lord that you would infuse it with every gift needed to do the work, Father God. I pray for pastors and leaders who are troubled and, and concerned and 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 there's so many ways that We can maybe get it wrong. And and, and, and there are critical people, Father God, that are judgmental. We pray a blessing on every shepherd, every board of directors, every leader of every church. Sustain them, bless them, anoint them, protect their hearts, protect their minds. Father God, lead the church. Let it rise up in power, in greater anointing, with greater compassion for the hurting and the lost among them. Lord, we pray especially for our church, Thrive Church, in Lathrop. We thank you for this very healthy, Lord, generous serving church. Mm -hmm. Continue to bless us, Lord. Lord, let your angels, Lord, stand sentinel about us. Every person, every family that calls this place home. Lord, we are the church. God, I pray you'd protect us and that you would bless us, Lord. And and Lord, we we will end praying for these fires that are in our local areas. God, we pray that you would protect people that you would protect properties, Father God, that you would protect people's lungs, Lord, that have asthma and other conditions. Father God, we pray for rain and for wind, Father God. Lord, bring a rain to help those firefighters, Lord, that are placing their lives on the line, Father God. Bring a rain and bring a wind to blow the ash, Father God, and the smoke away. We pray for divine and supernatural intervention, Father God, on behalf of every person, every one of us affected, Lord God, that you would be glorified. I thank you, God, that 2020 has had a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, but here we are, worshiping you, gathering in one way or another, confessing you as Lord. Lord, we are uncowed, Father God. We will not retreat. We will advance. Under your blood and in your, in your name. And we thank you, Father. Name, and we give you these 21 days of prayer. Every prayer, every intercession, bless it. Yes, Lord. And draw us closer. And may we continue to be a people of prayer. Yes. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Amen. And let these 21 days just stir you to keep on with this powerful time of prayer. Just keep going, church. It's got to, it makes a difference. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a happy Sunday.
1: Thank you, Lori. Amen. Thank you, family, for praying with us. And again, our desire is that you continue to be a person of prayer because without prayer, um, we're defenseless and we're clueless. We don't know what to do, um, but in prayer there is power. And so thank you, family, and we're gonna continue to pray. I want to continue our sermon series The Parsonage as I introduce the message go to 1st Samuel chapter 1 we're going to stay in the 1st Samuel of uh, the first chapter of Samuel for this message and the title of the series is The Parsonage if you're just finding us right now the parsonage is the place where the clergy live where the the ministers of the gospel live and this message has been about Two things in particular. One is our identity as ministers. Every believer, every one of you who claims Christ as Lord has a ministry, has a calling, has a divine and supernatural reason for you living, that God would use your life to bring others into relationship with Jesus. And second is that our homes, our families, that, that our homes be our sanctuary, And our families or our loved ones, those closest to us, be the priority that we serve them, that we model Christlikeness to them, that we invest in them first before anybody else. I share this, whether you're single or you're married, whether you have little ones or grandkids or no kids, I want you to know that your home should be the holiest place on the planet, The church, we have realized the building of the church now has become our parking lot. And, uh, and, and so we know, and we've known this here at Thrive, that we're the church, not a building. I want you to know that your home should be even holier than this building, than our parking lot, because that is your sanctuary, that God would meet you there uniquely and powerfully, that your home be a refuge, that the conversations you have with your spouses or your loved ones, that they be um, anointed, that they be blessed with grace, Kindness, mercy, that, that dissension, the spirits of dissension and discord would, would leave your homes and there'd be unity. Maybe you're single while well, your, your home needs to be a refuge and a sanctuary for you to abide with Christ, for you to journey in your own Bible reading and prayer and worship time with Christ. And, and that all of our homes be a place where if anyone walks in, they know there's something special about this place. So we're gonna continue this series for just another week uh, after this, just a couple weeks. And I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1, the title of the message, The Parsonage. And the main idea is this, prayer positions us for a miracle. Prayer positions you and I for a miracle. God wants to do miracles in our lives. He's the God of the miraculous. He's not done. Uh, If someone tells you that God's done doing miracles, they're wrong. God does signs and wonders. Some of them public, some of them private, but God is in the business of revealing His power to us and to the world. First Samuel chapter one, and we're gonna read just the first couple of verses to start. And it says, there was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. And I'm sure I said all those names exactly correctly. Verse two, he had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Panina had children, but Hannah had none. Now, this is the account of a, a man and his wives, and one had children and the other did not. Panina had kids and Hannah did not. She was unmet expectations, she was yet unfulfilled promises and desires. And we're going to go through the, the story. I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of an introduction here because we're going to kind of go through it quickly. But I want you to know that Hannah was a woman of God. Her her husband, Elkanah, was a man of God. A people who loved God and worshipped Him and sacrificed. And here Hannah is wanting uh, to bring to her husband children. For for most women, this is the desire to be able to bear children and to nurture children and to bless their husbands with a family. This was a deep desire of this woman. And we're going to learn a few lessons from her life. Um, At the end, there's a miracle. You might know the story already, but I want us to walk through some of the important lessons. See, Hannah was a woman of prayer. Prayer is the lifeblood of your walk with God. You're not going to get through adversity. You're not going to get through valleys. You're not going to get through struggle well without prayer. Someone else's prayer might drag you across a desert, but it'll be your prayers that cause you to run and to thrive and to experience the fullness of God when you're in the desert. See, I believe that someone is praying for you. For these last 21 days, we've been praying for you, whether we know your name or not. We have prayed for those who are within the, the, the sound of our voice or the sound of our reach online. Someone has been praying for you. But it's when we learn to pray, to seek God, that we experience His supernatural help. Can't do this without prayer. It's fundamental, it is foundational. There are lots of people who claim to be Christians but don't exercise the, 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 the opportunity to pray. And because of that, they experience setbacks and the enemy lays snares before them and they get caught up and they get entangled. And if they would have only been people of prayer. Friend, you can't blame someone else. You can't even blame the devil. If you get into trouble and you haven't prayed, prayer is your responsibility. You might have a grandma or a sister or a cousin or a pastor that's praying for you. That's only going to do so much, friend. At some point, our faith must be handed over to God. You might only be standing today. You might only have breathache because someone else is praying. You can't thrive on someone else's prayers. You can't learn mysteries from someone else's prayers. You can't, hear, under, you can't learn the distinct sound of God's voice from someone else's prayer. At some point, you and I have got to be devoted to communing with God, to laying our hearts out before Him and receiving His heart for us. Prayer is essential. Prayer is foundational. The first thing I want to tell you about prayer is that prayer will carry you through opposition. Prayer will carry you through opposition. Verses six and seven of this same chapter say, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, Penina, provoking her in order to irritate her. She kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept, And would not eat. This is the heart of Penina, who had children that did not have grace. And she saw Hannah as a rival, as a threat. And because she was an unspiritual woman, because her heart was calloused, because she did not have true faith, true faith will lead you to a soft heart. It's not about a religion. It's not about a label. It's about a relationship with God. Panina obviously did not have a close relationship with God for her to mistreat Hannah. Prayer will carry you. Pray, prayer will carry you through opposition because there's going to be opposition in our lives. And At times it will not be about a job. It will not be about a a resource. What's gonna carry you through is going to be prayer. I want you to prepare your heart. That's what prayer does. Prayer prepares your heart. It prepares your mind. When you pray, God makes a way through the opposition. For some of us, we need to go to our budgets and we need to pray over our budgets because our income has changed, The, the economy, has shifted right before our very eyes. What's gonna happen next month is not as certain as it was last year at the same time. So what do we do, fret? Do we do we complain? Do we lament or do we pray? Prayer will carry you through the opposition. There's going to, there, you have an enemy of your soul. There is an enemy of your destiny. There is an adversary that wants to abort the promise that is in you. If you can go through your life with just a very little faith and no no moving of mountains, no, no great understanding of the power of God in your life, if you go from repentance to repentance, instead of victory to victory, the enemy will have done his job. But when we pray, he carries you through the challenge, through the opposition, even if it's wicked, even if it's personal. I can't imagine Hannah's heart to have this woman who is accusing her and belittling her and scorning her at the very core of who she was. To scorn her barrenness. I don't know that it gets any lower than that. But Hannah prayed, Hannah didn't get bitter, she got close to God, she didn't hurl insults, she lifted up prayers. It was her prayer life that carried her year after year to make sacrifice to God. It was her prayer life that kept her believing. Why? Because God would meet her when she prayed. When she prayed, she sensed this supernatural presence. She had this very deep understanding. She was more sure that God was there and God was good and God was able than she was sure she was barren. Her barrenness could end, but God's power never would. Her prayer carried her through opposition. Her prayer life, your prayer life, will protect you. And specifically, it'll protect you against misunderstanding. Here, Hannah is gone to pray and make sacrifice. In verse 12 through 15, it says, as she kept on praying to the Lord Eli, who is a priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. This is a really cool story. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Verse 15, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Now, side note, because someone might need to hear this. This wasn't in my notes. I'm just going to share it to you. If the Holy Spirit has it for you. Great. Receive it. In this time of despair, discouragement, oppression, and uncertainty, some of you have had too much wine. Some of you might be self-medicating with alcohol to cope. Maybe you're not full-blown alcoholic. Maybe you're not full-blown lost in alcoholism, but you've begun to rely on strong drink, or medications. Maybe prescribed, maybe not. Can I tell you, friend, that the answer is not to hide from the reality of the coronavirus or the economy. The answer for you is not a bottle or a can or a drug. The answer is Jesus. And someone here needs to hear this. Someone hearing this, has gone back 10 yards to the person acting how you acted before. And you need to make your way back out because it's a long way back. It's a long, dark fall. And the Holy Spirit is calling you to leave that. That wasn't in my notes, but that is for someone. What is in my notes is that prayer will protect you from misunderstanding. See, here's a prophet or a priest. Here's a man of God who gets it wrong. He's wanting to take care of the temple. He's wanting to take care of this holy place. He sees a woman and he misunderstands. He mis- now, He's a man of God, but he misunderstands. He isn't God. No one's perfect. And he thinks she's drunk. And she says, no, I'm deeply troubled. I am pouring out my soul to the Lord. Can I tell you that when we're dedicated to Him, people will not always understand why you're faithful. They won't understand, they will misunderstand your commitment for foolishness. Why do you keep praying? Why do you keep going to that church? Why do you keep saying the same things over and over? That God is good and that all the time He's good. Why do you keep doing that? People will misunderstand your godly decisions as mistakes. You might say, how, why, how can you give to someone in need? How can you give to the church when you're not sure how your job's gonna look next week? They're gonna mistake your faithfulness for foolishness. They'll mistake your faithfulness for ignorance. But let me remind you, just like Eli the priest got it wrong, they are they're getting it wrong. When you keep your commitments to the Lord, when you continue to press in, in prayer, no one else has to understand why or what's going on because what's happening is between you and your God. See, we know who we're praying to. We know who we are. Very important, friend. What prayer does is it protects us from misunderstandings. The most fundamental misunderstanding is this is who you are. When you pray, you are reminded exactly who you are, a redeemed, blood-bought, adopted son or daughter of God. And your identity in Christ should make all the difference in the world in how you face adversity and uncertainty and the next day. Why? Because you're not just anybody. Now you're just an anybody, but you're adopted by the King of Kings. And His name on your life is the universal difference maker. You're not alone. What prayer does when we come to Him in prayer, when we come to Him in faith, every morning, every night, when our hearts are burdened, when, when, when our insides are torn apart because of pain, because of discouragement, because of disappointment, in those holy moments of lament or, or praise, He reminds us, yes, you're my daughter. Yes, you're my son, you're mine. You are mine. And it doesn't matter if anyone else gets it. It doesn't matter if your dad understands why you're still faithful. It doesn't matter if, if your boss uh, doesn't understand why you're faithful. Doesn't even under, matter if your spouse understands why you're faithful. You know why you're faithful because you know who you are. Prayer does it. Prayer does it in a way that nothing else can do it. Communion with God. Speaking to Him and letting Him speak to you. Hannah. With her faults, with her deficiencies from the natural eye, from the withheld blessings of God on her life, she knew fundamentally who she was and who God is. Can I just tell you one last thing here with this? It's okay, and it needs to be okay for you if someone else misunderstands who you are. But you can never mistake who you are. Everyone else in the world might not get it. And that's fine as long as you get it. As long as I understand who God is and who I am in Him. Prayer protects us from misunderstanding. Number three, prayer will sustain you through pain. Verse 16, she continued, do not take your servant for a wicked woman I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Look at those words there, great anguish and grief. This is a woman who's experienced pain and not just for five months like Corona so far, not just uh, one bad month or one bad year. It's been years of unmet expectations. She's suffered identity, who, who she was as a woman, who she was as a wife, spiritual questions. God, why haven't you done this for me? Social pressure from, from uh, Panina, other neighbors, they rest in the community, maybe her own parents waiting for grandchildren. She's suffered pain. Pain is real and pain touches us all. I want you to know that God knows your pain. God knows your pain. Medicine can help. Counseling can help. Friendship can help. Community can help. But what happens when the medicine wears off? What happens when you walk out the therapist's door? What happens when you go home and your home is painfully silent? It's just you and your thoughts. What happens when it's late at night and your friends have gone home? Everyone else, it seems that everyone else in the world is asleep. I I promise you not everyone's asleep. but It feels like everyone else is sound asleep and it's just you with your pain. Can I tell you that only prayer will sustain you when you feel that pain. When the medications run out, pray. When your friend says good night, pray. When your counselor goes on vacation, pray. He is there when no one else is there. He supplies when everything else runs out. He should be your first choice and your last. He should be your first option. Pray as you go in the therapist's office and pray on your way out. Pray as you go into the doctor's office and pray when you run out of medicine. Prayer will carry you, sustain you, support you in the pain. Right now, people are feeling tremendous pain from isolation and distancing. We did a podcast recently, and Pastor Chris said, People are angry. And I said, I'm a little angry. I'm mad. Who isn't a little mad right now? Who isn't frustrated right now? There's not a soul that's not feeling some pain, some discomfort from the times. We need to pray. Prayer will sustain you. In the moments of prayer, He will teach us. In the moments of prayer, He will reveal His power. When your pain shouldn't stop, it will stop when you pray. He will bring you to a place where there's relief and no one will get the glory except for Him. Number four is that prayer finally will lead you to the miracle. The miracle. Verses nine through 20, the Lord has, the Lord has heard the prayers, and it says, early the next morning they arose and worshiped before the Lord, went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. The name Samuel has a sound that, in Hebrew that it sounds like the word for heard. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. I am convinced of this, friend, that God is doing miracles. He wants to bring supernatural breakthroughs. He wants your life marked with divine intervention. He doesn't want miracles to be once or twice in a lifetime. I believe He wants to reveal His power to you in myriad ways, many, many times. Oftentimes, I believe God wants to do demonstrative things like heal the sick. I believe He wants to give you a job you don't deserve. I believe that He wants to reconcile marriages and heal children. I believe He still casts out demons and and moves mountains. And then He'll do things that only you know. He'll take fear, where where fear haunted you for years, He'll cure you. Where depression hounded you, He'll rebuke it and heal you. He will bring you insight. He will change the appetites of your heart where you wanted the wrong wrong things for years and now you want holy things. You used to desire broken things and now you want, you desire whole things, things that no one else could do and you couldn't do for yourself. It took a miracle. God wants to do impressive and mighty things for his namesake, for his glory, for the building of your faith so that your witness would be powerful and anointed and full of conviction. Why? Because you have seen God do amazing things because you were barren and now you have a son, because you were jobless and now you get promoted, because you were broken and now you're whole, because you were a liar and now you're a truth teller, because you were bound and now you're free. God wants to do miracles, friend, but you gotta pray. You gotta stay close. You can't visit Him once in a while. You gotta walk with Him and pray without ceasing and know Him as your Father. He wants to do miracles. He wants to do them, he is still doing miracles today. Your broken marriage, your lost child, your addiction, he wants to do it today. You pray and you become a candidate for a miracle. You faithfully intercede. You don't grow weary. Hannah went year after year praying the same prayers with the same broken heart. Her her heart stayed fractured, but her prayers stayed whole. You got to learn how to do it, saints. You got to learn how to do it when you feel like you're falling apart, but your prayers are right. When you're not sure at all how it's all going to work out, but you go to the one that you are sure of. That what comes out of your mouth is faith. Not cursing, but blessing. God wants to do miracles. There's a miracle coming. You got to pray. The last thing I want to share with you is that prayer positions you in devotion. When God gave Hannah the child, verse 27, she says, I prayed for this child. She's telling Eli the, the priest, And the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And he is Samuel. And Samuel worshiped the Lord there. I want you to know that when we pray, when you pray, stay praying, stay praying, stay praying every day, you pray. That it positions you. Uniquely and powerfully to remain devoted. See, when God does a miracle, I'm, I'm going to end. I'm, I'm going to bring it down right here. When God does a miracle, you can't take credit for it. When God gives you a job you don't deserve, you, you can't give them glory one day and then for the next five years take credit. When God delivers you from alcoholism or drug addiction or, or addiction to pornography, you can't give them glory one week and then think it was you the next five years because what's going to happen is you're going to grow weak and you grow susceptible and you're going to forget that you you built initially on the rock and you begin to relocate your life from rock to sand. Prayer keeps you on the rock. Prayer keeps you devoted. You lose your prayer life, you lose your foundation. You lose your foundation, your life begins to sink. And what foolish people do is they get mad at God for it when they lost sight of God. God never lost sight of them. God doesn't tie strings to our hands to make us act like a puppet. And He doesn't moor us to the rock against our will. He leaves us free so we can truly love Him. But prayer, a prayer life, keeps us devoted. Surrender, commit, follow through. And whatever God gives you, give it back. Whatever God gives you, give it back. He gave you a job, give it back. He gave you children, give them to Him. He gave you creativity, give it back to Him. That is the key to health. It's whatever God gives you, you give it back. He's going to do miracles, give Him the miracle back. He's going to give you a son, give him back. That the miracles God does in you continues, like Samuel, to glorify the God who created the miracle in the first place. So family, let's pray. And when you pray, believe God is about to do a miracle. I love you, family. We'll see you soon.
0: Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.